The Gospels are the accounts of the words and works of our Savior Jesus. It's there that we learn of the acts of love that mean for us forgiveness and everlasting life. Join us to study one of these Gospels, the book of Matthew. Read a chapter and then listen in as our pastors from Grace discuss the marvel of God's words to us. We hope that you listen to Jesus' words and that with us you grow. Here's another discussion on a chapter from the book of Matthew. Welcome back, podcast listeners, to another episode of Most Certainly True Podcast. So glad to have you tuning in again. It's Pastor Brian Hockman. I'm here with Pastor Hebner. How are you today? I'm fine. Good to see you, Pastor Hockman. Pastor Partner here, having fun at Grace, doing another podcast. Yeah. Diving into another chapter of Matthew. and Been enjoying this uh, this opportunity to, to be in God's Word and to, yeah. to get to spend a little bit more time, not just kind of blowing all the way through the, the Gospel of Matthew, but... <laughs> Getting a chance to to read a chapter and pause and really kind of think about yeah how it fits in that context and and what Matthew is so fascinating. I just think as a Bible writer, you know that just he's he's a synoptic gospel writer like Mark and Luke. They're looking at Jesus' ministry from the same side of the street as my line always, different from John, but yet he has his own style. He's very Hebraistic, and it shows up here with starting in chapter eight, now in nine, and into ten. You know the grouping things doesn't have to be as chronological as Mark and Luke would have it. So that we find that here it's grouping 10 miracles, and we pick up that again here now in chapter 9, more of these miracles that are grouped. And that's just this stylistic way in which the Hebrews thought and wrote, and I think it's kind of cool. So he'll um, present the story, but not as many details either. Not as chronological, not as, but still Holy Word of God and the demonstrating of the power of the the Son of Man, which is really his point. I always find it interesting to take note of how the inspired writers talk about themselves. So oh, yeah. you've got the Matthew recording, the account of the calling of Matthew, yeah, <laughs> um, and like, kind of like John, the disciple whom Jesus loves, never mentions himself <laughs> by name, but yeah, right, um, yeah. So you've got that that interesting component here in chapter nine, yeah. And our podcasters will enjoy that too when we get to that. Maybe a comment um, about that when we get there for the calling of Matthew. But it starts off with that one of the one of the favorite miracles of all time. I think that you know if you would ask people, what is your favorite miracle of all time? You know that Jesus did during his ministry, and I imagine there'd be some who would say feeding the five thousand, and some might say the first one, changing water to wine, or you know they're all really cool. You know some of these are very personal when he heals people who had been uh, sight impaired or, you know, whatever. But um, the way he uses the scenario of this paralyzed man, and the details we you know, we all know from the other gospel accounts is this guy lowered from a roof on a cot or some kind of a mat or some kind of a... that <laughs> And Jesus says, your sins are forgiven, and the crowd, you know, the enemies, that can't be, you can't do that. You know, right? Oh yeah. You can well, say that, but you can't do that. Only God can forgive. Oh, that's right. You're only God can. Oh, by the way, only God can. And only God can heal. So by the <laughs> get up and go home. You know, so, <laughs> it's one of those miracles that I, I get such a because it makes you smile and laugh. Actually, yeah. you know that. I'll show you. Yes, I am God. <laughs> I can't these, forgive sins. Right. Watch this. <laughs> you think these are hollow words that I can't back up? Yeah. Well, yeah. check these out. Yeah. <laughs> Watch me back up these words, and then truly. 
Yeah. That's the easier thing to do to make someone who's paralyzed walk. The harder thing to do is to <laughs> make an eternal impact and right. forgive sins and open heaven. But Jesus says, he I, did it. I can do both. Yeah. And I have Could, done both. It, yeah. I just, it's one of those accounts too, what, you know, podcasters are going to be just thinking about chapter stuff and these little things come into your mind as you're reading through a portion of scripture like this and wonder what was going on for that paralyzed man. You know, they had a, he had buddies who, you know, get him there to Jesus and lower him through the roof, as we know from the other gospel accounts. But you wonder if he wasn't also, um, you know, getting almost Job-like, you know, attacks from, quote, friends, unquote, who would say, well, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're a paralyzed dude because you're such a bad sinner. God is getting, you know, you don't know that, but you wonder if the guy also had on his mind and conscience this troubled heart, you know, is my sins, I know I'm a sinner, but, you know, how bad is it that Jesus handles the whole thing, you know. For, he looks at me and says, here's what you really need. And I, whether it's like every, every sinner needs forgiveness, duh. But it just makes me wonder if this paralyzed man wasn't really troubled by having, you know, his sins thrown at his face and saying, which is not true, you know, that he's not paralyzed because of his sinful. But you just wonder if his heart wasn't bothering him and Jesus that's, addressed that first. That's the sinful nature that wants to, <laughs> right, what have I done or, or yeah. not done? Um, the, the dual attacks of Satan. Yeah. Why, so it wasn't just for the benefit way? of the people who are there, the teachers of the law and whatever who object, but also for this man himself. Yeah. Obviously the healing, uh, physically, but healing his heart. I, I love that. So we could, we're zipping through these um, chapters, can, I know. Can you imagine with, then every step for the rest of his life? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I got this step because yeah. I have a Savior from sin. And think of the witness testimony of everybody else who knew him. What are you doing up walking around? Yeah. How did that happen? Well, let me tell you. Right. Yeah. Same thing would be true for Matthew, who labels himself and his Hebrew name Levi and his Greek name Matthew is being used here, but hated, obviously, by fellow countrymen because he's a tax collector, because that's not because IRS people today are bad. It's because those people were traitors and scum. and <laughs> He's part of the, called to be part of the 12. You know, it's just really a remarkable thing. What do we know about the process of tax collecting? It says here he has a booth. So that means he's sitting there and people are coming yeah. to him to pay taxes. Does that put him as, is he like a supervisor? And I would, the tax yeah. collectors that go out into the country are given his cut to them? Sure, or is I, he directly, do, do we know? I would picture it that way. I don't know if I can say for sure without doing a little bit more research. But, you know, you also have this scenario is very likely in the Capernaum range, and that's a town where, you know, for trade routes are coming through. And he's not only collecting taxes from his fellow Israelites, but if they're traveling, you know, there's a, there's the, it's like, it's like driving on I-94 through Illinois. You know, you got your, get your I-pass out. I just bought my first I-pass. There you go. We did it on the way down to uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, trip, trip we took this past summer. They're so handy, but so. then they, you don't feel the pain as as much of the time <laughs> stopping by and throwing the coins or the dollars. In. It just happens. It's on your credit card, and you go, "Oh yeah." <laughs> but I mean, that, people traveling. I'm not even talking about foreigners. You know, they're going to pay the tax collectors, and he's going to get his dough. So, whether he had this as a booth setup thing, and that he's in his office, and others work for him, but 
hated. And what a miracle that God would turn his life around like that, like he did for the little dude Zacchaeus up in the tree, you know, that he would. And and then that application that he always has here, it's not the healthy you need a doctor, but the sick. Well, then I have to think about myself being, well, that's right, I am too. I'm sick with sin. And if I don't think I am, then I then I've really got a problem. Yeah, it's the the sad irony that the Pharisees, who are staring Jesus in the eye and hearing his words, and Jesus has got this passion for them. Yeah, and they and their question is why, why, why are you hanging out with them? You should be around by us. <laughs> Jesus is saying, well, you're the ones that are rejecting me. You're the ones that have no idea why I'm here yeah. um, and have no sense of a, a need of a savior. It's, right. it's, it's they who, who know it's they yeah. who need me. Um, they're the reason that I came. Right. Which leads them into other questions. And, and uh, even John's disciples, John the Baptist's disciples have questions like the Pharisees would about Jesus own being in not doing all the different fasting. It was a common practice among the Jews that they would have certain times or days when they would set aside. But it's just, uh, yeah, my disciples will go ahead and they might use some spiritual disciplines and may need to think about their sinfulness and how much they need me as uh, I'm invisibly with them. But for right now, it's pretty much joyful time. Like uh, they are the bride and I'm the bridegroom. And what a, what a thrill to be together. And so I... Why indicate your sadness when you're just thrilled that you've got your Savior here? So how come they're not fasting? Well, they're just having fun with me. <laughs> and they're glad I'm here. <laughs> That's a pretty cool thing to do. We had mentioned, I think, in a previous podcast a little bit about the fasting. About thing. fasting, yeah. Yeah. That came up in the Sermon on the Mount thing, I think. Yep. So this would indicate that this wasn't a law. It wasn't a law to fast. It maybe was a common practice. Yeah. Um, Maybe I'm reading a little too much into Jesus' words here, but it seems like he might be poking a little bit at the, is there this sense of pride Yeah. that John's disciples and we Pharisees are good Jewish people and we do our fasting. How come your disciples aren't as good as we are? Yeah. Um, and he says, no, actually they're I just have a, learning from me and they're... Yeah. I just think that the John's disciples, I don't always put them in the same category of the Pharisees. I th- you know, they would do the fasting and stuff to kind of show off their supposed spirituality and on a work-righteous basis. And I'm not sure that was John's. It was just John's disciples, I would think, would just be curious as to, you know, our, our guy, that teacher we've been following, John, is real big on repentance and stuff like that because he's pointing us to the Savior. And uh, they're still not completely clear, it seems to me. Not that they're work-righteous like the Pharisees, right. but are you the one is really the question. And then Jesus, with his testimony about the disciples not fasting, is telling John's disciples, I'm the one that your, the one. <laughs> your teacher was pointing to. And so, right. so you're on the right track. And then these, you know, old and old and new don't mix. And how often he has said that, it comes up in the Gospels again. But you don't put, you know, you don't use, uh, mix old cloth and new, and the same thing with the wineskins. It's old and new. The Old Testament rules and regulations don't mix with the new uh, testament freedom that we have in Christ. That's just not a mix. The way he says it, though, is very picturesque. Right. I remember when I was a poor college kid, right? And you just, you know, you'd... we used to laugh about the fact that we had two pairs of jeans. 
one for each semester. <laughs> <laughs> my jeans would wear out, and my grandma lived in town, and she would sew a patch on. That was the thing back in the sure. you know, early 70s. you get a patch on there. But, of course, that would tear, too, and even more so because it's the newer material on the older that's already been stretched. So then it would just end up with a hole next to the patch. <laughs> So I could vividly think through what Jesus is talking about here. So um, I don't know if you had anything more you wanted to talk about with wineskins and everything. That's kind of interesting, too. We buy our bottles of wine, and but wineskins, you know, they... Yeah, it has to do with the stretching expanding. that happens, yeah. uh, the yeast content and yeah. um, the alcohol or whatever. And if they're leather, stretch. right, skins, we think, sure. right, they, they can get brittle and old, and and they don't stretch as much, and... <laughs> Old and new don't mix. Right. Two miracles coming up, though, too, in this chapter that are woven together in all the gospel accounts. But Matthew typically, like he did the beginning of this chapter, he's not giving us all the details. He just wants to let us see Jesus working miracles. Yep. Got to set the scene, right? Yeah. There's this this uh, synagogue ruler, and his daughter has yeah. died. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Mark tells us she's 12 years old. Yeah. Um, had, stretches out a little bit and tells a few more details of but but Matthew's short and to the point here's the guy here's yeah. here's the reason that he's interacting with Jesus yeah here's what Jesus does and the other gospel writers naming him Jairus you right. know so the, Matthew's that it's not it's the same story it's the same truth it's God's inspired word it's all true but Matthew is doing it a more compressed version which is interesting it's his style but uh weaving these two together as Jesus hears this plea to help out the synagogue ruler and the daughter who is he's informed has died and then you have this woman coming up with a horrible medical condition that has just troubled her you know for years and years and what what a evidence of of her faith and trust that Jesus can do what he says he can do and just I just touch him and that'll be that is always a very interesting story to me. Yeah. And she's completely healed. There were plenty of people who touched Jesus and weren't healed. He wasn't like some magic magnet. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, Jesus understood and, and knew her faith and saw what it was that was motivating yeah. that action. Dein Glaube hat dir geholfen in German. Your faith has healed you. Your faith has helped you. Your faith in the Greek, it's zozon, you know, it has saved you. However, you translate that. It's a beautiful line that we have. Uh, we mentioned once before too, up in our in our window. That's in the in the in the North Angel window. Dein Glaube hat dir geholfen, and that is a line that Jesus uses with others too. It's just, and then you think about this stuff too, as you're, you know, podcast l- listener reading through their Bible, and you get, you know, you can spin through the chapter in a pretty much a hurry and see these mirrors. Oh yeah, Jesus is powerful. But if you get yourself there and you think about yourself like Matthew, you think about yourself like, a, what if you're the paralyzed man, what that felt, you know, seemed like, right? And this woman, and then imagine being Jairus' parents. I mean, the daughter's parents, you know, Jairus and his, his wife, wife, I should say. Sure. Yeah. Joe, whoa, the emotions involved and how Jesus, with all the people clamoring around the outside and wailing and all their funeral shenanigans, and he just and, quietly, and they're laughing at him. What do you, you know, she's just sleeping. Yeah, right. You know. Yeah. So he's got the faith. They presumably both go to Jesus and yeah. and they know that he's the one who can help. But then to see him, Jesus acting so 
weird is that the, that's not the right word but out of <laughs> out of what you'd consider normal you come to the funeral and what's all the clamor about well it's a funeral <laughs> that's what, that's what the way that works and yeah. no she's actually not dead yes she is that's why we're at a funeral <laughs> um and then i know it you guys get out and your parents come up and he's got yeah. Peter, James, and John. And but can't you just see the smile on his face and the twinkle in his eyes? Yeah. You like, know, as he's, and then he what? takes Peter, James, and John, we know, and from the other accounts, into that room. It's just private. Parents, girl, Jesus, they're there. Shh. You know, hey, get up. You know? <laughs> right. And there's got to there's be that they knew who to send their prayers to, and they knew, but then they get that message that she's dead and there's just got to be yeah they're deflated i think i get jesus could come and and help her when she's sick i've seen that happen but it's too late now and jesus understands that dynamic (laughs) and those fears and yeah watch this yeah (laughs) well he does that to us we think about it you know just because the word of god touches head and heart right and our emotions are involved it's not the reason why we're saved but you know you just you have that sense of, especially when you've done something or, or thought back to things you did in the past, and you have that deadness feeling and sense, you know, who am I in relation to God? I really ought to be condemned. And he comes and says, yeah, I forgive you. I love you. <laughs> like raising Jairus to utter, you know, it's yeah. just this little girl gets up and, oh, well, how about that? Man. Yeah. We aren't given the details in there. We know yeah. that the people who brought the message, uh, She's dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Yeah. Certainly had the it's too late yeah. mentality. <laughs> Jairus, is, or Jairus and wife, they don't pray, well, could you please heal her then? Mm-hmm. Or could you please raise her from the dead? Right. Uh, maybe they ask that. We don't know. Yeah. But uh, you can just see Jesus take over, and he, he doesn't leave them. Come with me. Watch. Watch yeah. and see yeah. my power. Watch and see my love. And you can just see the tears of joy when they're hugging their little girl who's alive again now. And then they'd peek up and look at him, and he's just beaming. <laughs> yeah, I raised her, but also I'm, I'm raising you to heaven. Yeah. I just, wow. I love these accounts. It's just Matthew does it so nicely, the compressed version. You get these miracles. And then, you know, there's some unique accounts that Matthew and Mark have that Luke doesn't or John. And I think this is one of those coming up with the healing, the person who was um, the, the blind two, the and also blind unable men. to, right? These two guys, they were two blind men Yep, calling out Son of David. I think that's one of the first times that shows up in this gospel account, calling him that title. Son of David. So they really understood Messiah, you know, who he really was, which is, is a beautiful testimony in John's um, account here. And I, this this may be even uh, a little note in my Bible that uh, the healing of this these two blind men and then later the demon business I, are unique to Matthew. I don't think Mark and Luke even have these. Okay. I think this is unique. I think you're right. I've heard some yeah. speculation that Bartimaeus, some think that Bartimaeus might be one of these two guys. Huh. And I think because of he addre- Bartimaeus addresses son of David oh. as well. Yeah. Um, so wonder if that's this yeah, is... And I, if there was a dual thing that the other it. gospel writers don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that it really matters one yeah, way or another. Yeah, it doesn't. But it's just the... But you know that that he has this great control, and then, you know, they, they, they can't help it. They, they can't help themselves. They go out and spread the news. News spread after Jairus. You know, news spread. 
right, throughout the region in verse 31. See that you, that no one knows. Don't, don't, you know, because he doesn't want to be known as a miracle, man. He yeah. wants to be known as a Savior from Jesus. sin, but they can't help it. Right. <laughs> there was an interesting, in the other gospel writers, Jesus says, don't tell anyone. Yeah. Um, and then here, Matthew, people found out. <laughs> like, oops. Yeah, well, <laughs> how could you not, right? It just... So when even they're disobeying the Savior's orders, it's still an amazing thing. Your heart is so filled with joy, you can't wait to tell. And that's uh, that's that's an amazing thing. Actually, I'm not sure how you want to work this, uh, Pastor Hockman, but the chapter ends up with uh, some verses that I think would fit best with our next podcast that we do and the next chapter. Because uh, it's not like he's doing another miracle right here. There's a bit of a pause and a break here. And uh, Stephen Langdon was the Archbishop of Canterbury, and he did the chapter divisions around 1250 A.D., and the story is that he was riding in his chariot, you know, to work, and he would be reading his Bible, make a mark, and that's how the chapter divisions happened. Oh, really? did a pretty good job, you know, I think, all along in his chapter dividing. But there's a couple places I think he missed. I think this is one of them. Another example would be at the end of Genesis chapter 1, um... You know, there's there's more about the seventh day and rest that starts in chapter two, and really, I think those verses really should have gone with chapter one. But that's just <laughs> it's not inspired. It's just Stephen Langdon who had done this. You know, so so should we leave a little teaser? Come back, sure. And, come back and, and listen to the podcast. last couple of verses in yeah. the next time, and we'll have more fun because we know that we've looked at chapter nine and yeah, it's all yeah, most certainly true. joining us in our effort to read and grow through the Gospel of Matthew. We'd love to share more Jesus with you. Learn more about Grace at our website, www.gracedowntown.org. There you'll find worship times, Bible study resources, links to our digital media resources, our pastor's contact info, and a lot more about our ministry in and to downtown Milwaukee. We hope to connect you to the grace of God again soon.